Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Together, Lord, in declaration of our desire to submit to your will and authority, we agree that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That was the right one. That was the right one. come up here and tell y'all <laughs> that you had to prepare yourselves because I was probably going to end up crying. That was later though. It wasn't supposed to start like this. I woke up um, early in the morning the other day and um, I had a rough couple years, and uh, Satan was at me while I was asleep. Thing on my mind was an old West Coast gangster rap song I used to listen to. Y'all remember the NWA and all that stuff, Dr. Dre and the fellas. And that stuff was just reverberating, banging in my in my mind. And I started praying immediately. I was like, God gotta cleanse my mind get this out of here this ain't supposed to be here this ain't been here and he gave me this song ignite my fire and had just played over and over and when I woke up I brought it down downloaded it onto my phone I listened to it while I got ready for work and I listened to it on the way to work and I shot Kay a text message telling her you know I got to preach on Sunday and if you would, could you play that song for, um, for the Emma Prep? She shot back, well, I'm not going to be there. You know, I'm on assignment elsewhere, but I'll send it to Pat and let him know. And so Patrick caught me in the hallway when I was micing up back there. And um, he said, how you want to do it? And uh, I thought about it. I was like, well, how, you know, you do it however you want to. You already got a Emma Prep? He said, yeah. And he told me what the name of it was. And I said, let's just go with yours. And God called me right where I live today. Where I've been living for the recent past. And I know this is the right word today because Sunday school 
Pastor Dave walked through every major point and every minor point that I got in these notes. You preached the entire sermon. And all I could do was just sit there and smile. Because it had to be God. And then those young ladies came out and they danced. And they danced to a song talking about every trial and every mountain that you brought me over. And I said, that's got to be God. And then here come Patrick. <laughs> Lord, it was you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I really don't even need to do this today. You can get the tape. Listen to the songs. Because I'm just going to rehash the whole thing you've already been through today. But this sermon, more than any, God has got me preaching to myself. So I'm going to take you on for the ride with me. How about that? I'm going to try to be done in 30 minutes. But if I ain't, feel free to leave if you have to. There was a gentleman shipwrecked on a desert island. He was there long enough to build a comfortable little camp. He had some cushions and furnishings from the boat he ran aground. He had converted the, the, the back portion, I think that's called the aft, Pastor Dave. He converted the aft portion of the boat to a little shelter of sorts to keep himself out of the weather. He even had the mattress and sheets from his berth on the boat. But after he'd been out there a while, he ran out of food. And he had to leave his little comfortable part of the island and go to the other side about 15 miles away to hunt for food. So while he was gathering berries and other fruit, a storm came up. So he started to head back. He saw lightning strike something in the vicinity of his camp. And as he headed back, he saw smoke begin to rise. Fearing for the few comforts he'd scraped together in his little camp, he increased his speed, cutting himself on branches and vines as he made his way through the thick jungle to get back. Back to his familiar shelter from the storm. In time, the sun set, and the whole way back, all he could see was the fire consuming his meager possessions. Now, I'm just as religious as the rest of y'all. I believe, I believe 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. And that plays well when we're telling somebody else, don't it? Amen. Huh? We can bring that one up. That's on speed dial in our electronic Bible, ain't it? You going through something, sister? Rejoice! Always. But I can't find no joy in that fellow's situation. What about you? Have you ever had a situation that was bad? And then it got worse. Huh? 
You ain't know worse could be worse. You thought you were at the bottom, but then it got worse. You're praying about one issue and three more pop up. Push to your breaking point. And there seems no escape. Can't take anymore. Lord, what you doing to me? Am I the only one ever hollered that? Huh? Lord, what you doing? Where's the joy in that? I'm going to tell you that in the first five verses of the book that bears James's name, he answers that question for us. And Pastor Dave, I saw you write up in the newsletter letter about um, we're in this new digital age. And I see you got your iPad there and you got all the info you want. You know what I found out from James? The problem is we've been working with the wrong information. See, the world tells us if you're going through some things, if you ain't got no money, you must not be working right. Huh? If people don't like you, you must not be chicken souping from the soul right. You ain't talking to them the way they need to be talked to. You need to learn how to deal with people better. If you're a Christian, and this is from inside the church, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be rich, you're supposed to have a mansion, everybody's supposed to like you, and you're supposed to be healthy, and ain't nothing supposed to be wrong. Because you saved now. Ain't that what they tell them? That's what they tell them. Get them to come down the aisle. All you got to do is come on down here and everything's going to be better. That ain't my experience. <laughs> that is not my experience. I found five things as I looked through James on this subject. And this whole section is talking about trials and those mountains that the song was just singing about. And one of the things is in that very first verse, and I started to skip this one, because it's just the introduction. I mean, what's, what good can the introduction be? He's just saying hello, right? But look at what he says. From James, a slave of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad, greetings. Now, all them churches telling you that you ain't going to never have no problems, and everything's going to always be unicorns and bubbles and, and whatever else makes people happy these days. They ain't read what I just read right here. Because Brother James was a follower of the way. Brother James was a Christian, y'all. And he's talking to the church. He's talking to Christians, his brothers and sisters. So anybody tells you that you're only having problems because you ain't doing it right, or you ain't, you ain't praying enough, you ain't on your knees enough, you ain't this enough, that enough, they're a liar. Plain and simple, I can't couch it in any other terms. They are a liar and or they are misinformed. So the first thing we got to remember is that it's when, not if. It's going to happen. Period. Point blank, plain and simple. Get ready, strap on. Trials are going to come. But if you want to do more than just survive, if you want to thrive in your trial, you got to have three things, according to James. And the first one is the proper perception. 
Did we cover that one in Sunday school? Yes, we did. You got to have the proper perception. James says, my brothers and sisters, consider it nothing but joy when, not if, you fall into all sorts of trials. He doesn't say that young or old matters. He didn't say that where you live matters. How much money you got or don't got matters. None of that matters. It's going to happen. And I'm amazed even at myself that I'm so surprised when these things happen. Because it ain't like he ain't told me. First Peter 4.12 Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Told in advance. John 15 If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So why are they treating me like that? Why are they talking to me like that? Why they wouldn't hire me? Why I got an F on that test? Why all that? Why not? They did it to Jesus. So when that thing happens, when they're treating you like that, when those situations arise, it's all about our perception. How do we see that? Is somebody doing something to us or is God allowing us to go through something? Because he ain't left. He talks about consider nothing but joy. And this word consider means to think carefully about something. And I like this last piece of the definition that I saw. Typically before making a decision. You know what that means? That means when the bad thing happens, we are not required to fold. When the bad thing happens, we are not required to fall down in a heap and give up. When the bad thing happens, he's telling us to think about it, consider and determine in our heart and in our mind, you know what? This ain't nothing but joy, period. That's a choice we get to make. But so often, we, 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 and it's Satan, that makes us feel like the only response to this is to fall completely apart. You ever been to a funeral, somebody dove in the coffin? Fall completely apart, no hope, none whatsoever. It's all over, I'll never see him again. But we know better. And because we know better, our perception should be different than the world's perception. When we go through and we suffer and God allows things to come upon us. Because trust me, Satan got to get permission. Look at Job. You see my servant Job? Satan tried him. Couldn't get nothing. Satan came back. Well, look, uh, uh, you, you just, you, you protecting him too close. You take some of that stuff from around him. I bet you he'll curse you then. But every time he wanted to escalate, he had to come to God and say, Lord, please let me touch him. So God ain't left when we're going through those things. It's all in our perception. Another part of the... Um, proper perception is this whole thing of a trial. What, 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 what is a trial? You know the short definition I came up with? 
trial is any choice, any situation where you have a choice other than God. Any situation where you have a choice other than God. Young folk, drink or not drink. Dope or not dope. I guess I don't need to limit that to the young folks, do I? Old folk, drink or not drink. Dope or not dope. Sex or not sex. You got a choice. One of those choices is God. One of those choices is, you know what? I'm not going to do that because that's not pleasing to my father. But the other choice is, you know what? Maybe I will. But when that thing comes on us, we have the choice. We don't have to make the wrong decision. God has equipped us to make the right decision. And one of the definitions of this original word translated trial, it's also translated temptation, but it's also the same word used for experiment. And I got to looking at that. And I think part of the issue why we fold when these things happen is we don't see a purpose. I mean, it, it just feels like when we're in that thing, just senseless violence occurring to our physical and our, our spiritual person. And we're just being beat upon and wailed on. And this stuff just keeps happening. And when's it going to stop? And I can't stand it. And I can't take it. But if we look at this trial as, the, as an experiment, well, an experiment, that's a whole different deal. Experiment has a purpose, doesn't it? Okay, an experiment has an idea. We're going to look at this and try to get from here to there. It's got a defined purpose on what it is you're trying to do. And if we could look at that trial as an experiment with a divine purpose, God's purpose, then perhaps we wouldn't fold and fall and be destroyed. And looking at this whole experiment thing, I found that um, my folks that got A's in science are probably aware of something called a control variable. So the control variable, or the scientific constant, is the experimental element which is constant and unchanged throughout the course of the investigation. The control variable strongly influences experimental results, and it is held constant during the experiment in order to test the relative relationship of the dependent and independent variables. Let me break that down. We're going through these trials and these experiments, right? But we need to recognize that we have a control variable. Amen. Huh? Amen. We got a variable that's constant. Amen. In each and every one of those experiments we're being subjected to. It don't change. It's the same for this one. It's the same for the one over here. It's the same for the one we went through two months ago. It's going to be the same for the one we go through two weeks from now. God ain't changed. And he hadn't left. He's deeply involved in each and every one of those experiments, those trials that we're going through. The second thing we need is a proper projection. And a projection sees past the perception. Perception looks at the situation that we're going through, the situation that we're in, and it says, it's not really this right now, it's this. It just looks and feels like we're being beat on. It just looks and feels like there's no hope. It just looks and feels like all is lost. But projection says, this is what it looks like now, but it's going to change. It's going to look different in the future. He says, because you know 
that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect effect so that you will be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. And I love the whole, I don't by any means claim to speak Greek and Hebrew, but I got the books that will translate a word or two for me when I need one. And this word, no, we lose so much in the translation. We think, no, okay, yeah, I know that, I know that. But the no here is the word gnosko, and it means to know absolutely, beyond the shadow of a doubt. So it's not something you just know in your heart. It's not something you just know in your mind. It's something you know in your heart, in your mind, and there is no other possibility other than what you know. And what do you know in this? You know that you're going through a test. You know that all is not lost. If you're going through a test and you're going through a trial and we've established there is a purpose, there's a purpose to it. It's not just senseless. We've established that uh, there must be somebody giving the test. Amen. Somebody's got to be giving that thing a lot. You never went to school before anybody and you just walk in a room and a test just fell on the floor. Now, teacher gives you the test, do the test, and you get a test back and you get graded and scored. By the same token, we know that this is a test. We know that God has allowed this test. We know that God hasn't went anywhere. So why do we react the way that we do? It says you will be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. Our projection says we don't have to look like what we're going through because we know that this ain't the end. Amen. First Amen. 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 Peter 5.10 goes on to tell us that but may God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. We're going to be changed for the better in this thing. And it's going to happen is the funny thing. Because sooner or later, we're we, we going to make it through it. Right? Sooner or later, God's going to let us bump our head enough times where we go ahead and like, you know what? I'm going to go on and pass this thing this time. But why do we keep bumping our head again and again and again? You know why? Because we don't know. We can spout verses. We can, we can, we can uh, tell other folk, right? Huh? Rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. But boy, we find out what we know when it's us. We find out what we believe when it's us. We find out what's really down deep on the inside when it's us crying out, Lord, what you doing? Amen. You've got to know absolutely. It's proper perception. And the final thing we have to have is a proper reception. One five says, but if anyone is deficient in wisdom, he should ask God. Now we look at that one and what kind of wisdom, but the word but tells us that we're talking about something that came before. So we're still talking about trials. So we just talk, we're not talking about wisdom in how to do calculus and wisdom in how to make a million dollars and that kind of thing. We're talking about wisdom in, Lord, this thing is killing me. How am I supposed to get through this? Amen. And what does he say? If anyone is deficient in wisdom, he should ask God. 
And I find that we make a few mistakes, common mistakes, in this whole reception deal. Number one, we don't ask. Amen? James 4.2 says you do not have because you do not ask. Y'all seen it, ladies. Y'all traveling? Know he lost. Know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now, if he's technical and Google leading him the wrong way, he's going to tell you why Google got him messed up. You know, and we need to get a new computer, a new uh, uh, GPS or something. If he's not technical, he's going to tell you just be quiet. I know where I'm going. This is a shortcut. Amen? We got to ask somebody. Number two, we asked the wrong person. We'll ask and receive from everyone except God. I was asking a question. I asked my brother a question earlier. I'm going to uh, have something done. I was asking him about this thing. He's like, uh, just go on Facebook. Get a Facebook recommendation. Like, That's pretty cool. I went on Facebook. Got a Facebook recommendation. They got Instagram polls. Snapchat ain't going to be left out. They got a program called Snapchat Suggest. James 1 5 says, but if anyone is deficient in wisdom, he should ask Oprah. He should ask Dr. Phil. He should ask, how you say her name? Ilyanya? Is that the one? One of that crew. That's not who we're supposed to ask? What about my mama? My mama been a Christian for quite a while now. I got past the day. He's got a lot of wisdom. It says, ask God. Now, all them other folks, now, I ain't going to say the Facebook uh, uh, and all that stuff. I ain't saying try that. Those other folk, my mama, past the day, your, 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 your spiritual prayer partner, yeah, let's ask them. Ask God first. Because God might tell you, go to this one or go to that one or lead you to that one. That, this might not be the one for me this time. He was the one last time, but maybe not this time. Ask God. He'll get you to the right one the first time, every time. The third thing is we ask the wrong thing. 4.3 goes on to say you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. And you know what we ask usually? Lord, make the pain stop, period. I just want the pain to stop. I just want to feel better. I just want people to like me, love me, give me stuff, respect me. Whatever it is we're looking for for our flesh, that's what we're asking for. But what did he say this whole thing's about? This thing produces endurance. It produces endurance in us. And the last thing is we don't do it when he answers anyway. He wouldn't tell me nothing through James Owens. I know that. James Owens can't tell me nothing. I know God didn't send him, so I ain't going to listen to that part. Al Taylor, he got gray hair. God ain't going to send nobody with gray hair to tell me nothing. Huh? They ain't like me. They don't know what I know. 
they ain't been through this. God ain't sent them here to tell me nothing. We're going to discount the message because of the messenger. Amen. Amen. What if God sent that donkey to you? Amen. Huh? Was that Balaam? Yes. Huh? Donkey came and gave him a word. <laughs> what if God chose to send the donkey to us? And that was our out. That was our freedom. Our release from that situation. But we want to hold the messenger responsible. Because we're not concentrating on the, me- the real messenger. The author and finisher of the message. Amen. And the last thing is we're hooked on comfort and ease. That's why we won't do it. Surely that ain't what God really meant. I got to do all that. I got to smile at that joker. I got to forgive that joker. That forgiveness thing is tough, y'all. Amen. Amen. It's tough. But that's what he said. I asked him. That's what he said. (laughs) If we don't know, we got to ask him. And we got to stop asking him to take us out. The trial is supposed to produce endurance. That means we have to go through, not under, not over, not around, not a shortcut. We got to go through. Now, you know, I, I, well, some of y'all are aware, I like to bake. I love baking pound cakes. But I got a problem I've had from the very beginning, several years ago when I started this thing. I'm scared it ain't going to be done in the middle. I am terrified. If somebody would create an iPhone app where I could show the, you know, have, have the camera look at the cake and be able to see the inside of it and know it's done, Anybody ever got one of them pound cakes and you pulled it out and you cut it and it had that, that, that area in the middle, you call it a sad streak where it ain't done all the way through? I'm scared of that. I stick a thermometer in there. I got these little wooden sticks, like big, huge toothpicks. You stick those in. If no crumbs come out, it's supposed to be done. I stick that. I stick the thermometer. I look, I know, and I give it five, five more minutes. And I come back in five minutes, and I stick it, and I poke it, and I look at it. I, I give it 11 more minutes. I never give it something around. I give it 11 more minutes. I keep putting it back, trying to see, is it going to be done? Is it going to be done? We keep doing that with God. Lord, take me out. Take me out. Take me out. You ain't done yet. It ain't time to come out the fire yet. You got to continue going through so he can build that endurance so that you will be perfected. You want to be mature? You want to be a mature Christian? Like Uncle Bill or whoever else you hold up as being a mature Christian? You need to go through what Uncle Bill went through. Huh? You need to go through and let God build that endurance in you. I'm about to close. But I've got good news and I've got bad news. John won't first. Who said that? That person after my own heart. Give me the bad first. That way I can end on a good note. The bad news is that we're going to have to go through some trials in this Christian walk. You want the good news? According to proper perception, proper projection, and proper reception, the good news is We're going to have to go through some trials in this Christian walk. 
I said when, not if, didn't I? We going through them. It's all in how we want to do it. See, the message here is if you're going through relationship issues, that's a good thing. God's perfecting you. If you're broken, you're busted. That's a good thing. God's perfecting you. If you don't know how you're going to deal with the illness or even the death of a loved one, that's a good thing. It means God's perfecting you. If you're crying yourself to sleep every night, all night, and then you're crying yourself awake every morning, all day, that's a good thing. That means God's perfecting you. They talking about you and slandering your name. That's a good thing. Word says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Rejoice. The devil tempted Jesus when he's in the wilderness. Y'all remember how he responded? He brought scripture. So we need to remember that God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. We got to remember the steps of a righteous man are ordered. We got to remember I will never leave you nor forsake you was a real thing. See, I forgot that in my personal situation. I forgot all about that. Until, um, until Stacy hugged me one day a few months ago. Stacy Monroe. And she didn't have a clue, but um, she wrote this sermon that day. She hugged my neck and she whispered in my ear, God told me you need to find your joy. And you know, at that point, until that point, I had no clue that I had even lost my joy. I just thought I was going through some things. I didn't have a clue. And I started looking. And God told me, go find your tears. Go find those places where you were at your lowest. Go find that time you couldn't go on. The other one. Go find that other time when it wasn't worth it. That time, those times. Find your tears is what he said. And then remember that time who wiped your tears away. That time who fixed that situation. That time who gave you the answer that you need where you could go on another day and get to another time. So I'm here to tell you, I don't care what you're going through. I've been a dope addict, a drunk, a whoremonger, a thief, a forger, a couple days in jail, scared of the police. I was scared to even drive my own car with a valid driver's license for a long time. Huh? I don't care what you're going through. God ain't left you. See it the way God sees it. See it for what God's going to make it. And if you can't, ask God, and he'll give you the vision and the victory. 
We started this thing talking about a cat going through, um, trying to get back to a little bit of stuff on that island. This is the rest of the story. He finally made it through just before dawn, only to find his small camp and all his possessions burnt to a crisp. He was destroyed, as any of us would be. God had stranded him here, but God couldn't have left well enough alone, could he? He had to take the last little bit of stuff the cat had, the last little few comforts he was able to scrape together. God had to have those two. Dude laid down next to the smoldering fire of his little campsite and fell into a mind-numbing sleep. You talking about that blanket over the head? He's done. Until he heard, hello. Now he just laid there like we would. Tortured mind creating things he wanted to hear. His mind mocking his very existence. He heard, hello. Raised his head off the sand to see a rowboat. Some sailors jumping out and running toward him on the beach. And he's just crying. And he's like, how did y'all find me? I've been here so long. How did y'all find me? The cat said, we're about to make our last course correction to head for home. The first officer looked behind us and saw your signal fire. (laughs) See, we in that same situation. Some of us, we got smoke signals going up out of our life. Some of us, our mattress and sheets that we scraped together from that last situation are burning up and going up in flames. Some of us got it like Hawaii. We got volcanoes and and lava bombs just blasting up through our lives. But that ain't nothing but a smoke signal for God to come in and rescue us if we see it for what it is. So I'm here to tell you from experience, And I ain't talking about old experience I forgot about. I'm talking about experience I'm going through right now. The end ain't written. I'm here to tell you that God is waiting to give you your joy back. And you ain't got to wait till the trial's over. The joy is for the midst. Amen. see your fire what you think has been the worst thing that happened to you is the fire that's going to bring your freedom give God praise for the messenger of the day some of y'all are going through things now if you stand with me Some of the fires in your life, not a signal to your rescuer, but a signal to you.
that it's time. It's time. You've been on the island too long by yourself. It's time for you to receive the Savior. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.